of the word Illuminati before. Oh boy, I have a problem here. Uh, rather than go over the history of what it is and how it came into being, I'm going to concentrate on what it's doing today. Now many of you accept too many things that are just because they're there, and you don't question why are they there. So many things in America we've accepted as normal because we're used to them. And we've grown to accept them, and that's just exactly what the Illuminati wants you to do. Now, I promised the teenagers the other day that I wasn't going to let their parents off any easier than I let them off. So you've got it coming to you. But uh, quickly to tell some of the people some things, the Illuminati is an organization that the Luciferian religion or religion of the occult or witchcraft or paganism or the force or whatever you want to call it is its religion and its priests are those of witchcraft but it is a political financial organization and real quickly um, rather than have you take out a one dollar bill or any of that you can do that later I'll draw you this and try to explain the Illuminati through this and then we'll go on with the, the teaching. The Illuminati I'll describe it before I describe myself. The I in there means Lucifer, and the capstone is a Rothschild. And if you notice, it's suspended from the pyramid because the Rothschilds are considered deities, supernatural beings dwelling in human bodies, gods to be worshipped, not human beings. And so they are the Godhead, and their priest is the Council of Thirteen of the Grand Druid Council, which I was a member of. So the things I'm saying, I'm saying from here, up where I know what took place. The next council was the Council of 33. That is the 33 highest initiate masons in the world. And the next is the Council of 500. That is what many people refer to as the Bilderbergers. That's the people you make rich every time you go shopping. Now, where I come from is the Todds were originally called the Collinses, the particular branch of the family that I'm from, and they have been in the Illuminati since May 1st, 1776, when it was organized. In fact, they were one of the organizing families. They were also uh, the originators of witchcraft within the United States. They brought it here in 1620, uh, 1626. So this is where I came from. I was raised a witch, and all my life I thought I was into witchcraft until 1970, when I shot and killed an officer in, in Germany after re-enlisted and the Illuminati stepped in with the aid of a senator that later became attorney general and a congressman and about three generals from the Pentagon ordering my immediate honorable discharge and the destructions of my military records and court-martial records, which was done. And then I learned that witchcraft was more than just casting spells, that there were political and financial people involved in this thing. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Rather than being a lot of people like Gary Allen, who starts back in 1776, I'm going to start at an interesting time. I'm going to start December 1963. Hello and welcome back to Waking Up with Mel. This is going to be episode 35, Waking Up to the Illuminati. So last week we talked about Gloria Vanderbilt. This week I was going to do an episode about Beyonce, but I'm going to be honest, Beyonce, even though I, you can tell she's a practicing witch, I mean, she's out there right now. This is 2023, June something, end of June, and she's doing concerts right now where she is doing live 
satanic rituals on stage in front of everybody. And people are finally starting to catch on. This testimony I just played you was from before 1980. I don't know exact date, but it was in the 70s. This guy, as he said, he was a Satanist, uh, a witch, and we'll listen to more of his testimony. But as he gave his life to God, to Jesus, uh, he realized the God he was worshiping was Lucifer. And he has a lot to say about it. But the coolest and most interesting thing to me is that it does circle us back to the music industry and how Satanism is really, really rich and thick within uh, Hollywood and the music industry always has been, always will be. Now, this guy, if you look him up on, uh, as we know, the ever trusty Wikipedia, whatever we call it, he says uh, that, oh gosh, what is his name? He has like five different names because he had his witch name and then John Todd and uh, Collins, of course. And so anyways, they call him a conspiracy theorist and they framed him and ended up putting him in prison for the later part of his life for a quote unquote rape. And then when he was released in 2004, they put him in a psychiatric ward, as we all know, very common Illuminati stuff. And um, he died in that psych board. Now, when you hear him and his testimony, you will hear that he is of a very, very sound mind. And you can believe what you want to believe. You know, people, I I have an article written about me that's not true. So I, I'm a little old nobody. I can't imagine coming out in the early 1970s, trying to wake the world up and Christians especially, because if you don't know Christians, the Christian music industry is just as bad as the non-Christian music industry. If you are famous, and we will talk about this later on, I'm talking pastors on TV, you're not there because you're good. You're there because you likely sold out. And there's a little saying that symbolism is going to be their downfall. And I figure after doing a lot of research this last week, that is the best way to kind of prove a case. If they're doing the signs and symbols of these Satanist witchcrafty people who are now very open about it. In the 1970s, people could not believe that this was real. They just couldn't. Now you talk about this, most people know that the Illuminati is very real. Back then, they tried to say it wasn't even real. So let's let's get more into the Illuminati and how it does involve the music scene. So I'm going to be playing you lots of clips. I listened to 10, maybe 11 hours of this guy's testimony. It's incredible. And he woke me up to things I didn't even know, like Kiss. (laughs) You know, you think they're all cute and fun and games, but did you know that that name and they're, and they say, I have read articles, guys. They try to say, oh, it's not true. Well, Gene, Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons was just kidding when he said it was true, but Kiss stands for Knights in Service for Satan. Yeah. Mm hmm. And apparently they got together because of their satanic church they went to and they put them together. So there's no accident with any of these things. ACDC. Yeah, you ready for what ACDC means, guys? It it supposedly stands for Against Christ, Devil's Children. And then, I mean, I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, let's let's name off some of their songs. Okay, so from their Highway to Hell CD, (laughs) they have that song called Highway to Hell. Uh, What other ones do they got? Beating around the bush, shot down in flames, 
get it hot. If you want blood, in parentheses, you've got it. Wow. Night Prowler. You know, there's just so innocent, right? Nothing to see here, guys. And it's so funny because we were so stupid back then. The Black and Black album, you know, because black is such a heavenly color. Hell's Bells. Uh, what you do for money, honey. Dang, guys. The Black and Black song. You shook me all night long. Have a drink on me. Shake a leg. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. So they have us all over here singing these songs, wearing their shirts. We have no idea we're over here, you know, banning Christ. Now, I have a few stories, a few stories of my own life. I remember the first time I went to this youth group church. I don't even remember why I ended up there, but I was there one night. And the preacher was talking about throwing away your CDs. And the song he brought up was Losing My Religion. Now, my mom didn't listen to a lot of rock and roll. She was more of a boring Christian music person, which, again, we will get there. We will get there. But I remember thinking, why would I throw away my... These, these guys are nuts over here. And then I remembered, as I was researching all this stuff, the satanic panic. That's how they got people to look stupid. If Christians started speaking up about this stuff and being like, you guys, this is satanic... People were like, you are crazy. Like, chill out. It's just satanic panic. But really, there's underground tunnels and kids being trafficked and, you know, and it, they're daycare. And they come out to talk about it. And everything gets squashed and pushed because the media is bought out and everything's bought out because the Illuminati runs the world. So let's get to that real quick. Actually, guys, this ain't going to be real quick. This might be a multiple series episode because I don't want to go over an hour on all these I have a feeling we're probably going to end up going down many rabbit trails talking about the Illuminati. Today, I'm going to try to stick with just the music scene, and I might get a little bit into fake pastors or pastors that I believe weren't as Christian as we like to think, and it's just not based on my testimony and because, you know, I wasn't alive back then. It's based on people, other people's testimony, so uh, we, we'll get there. Christian church was a threat to the Illuminati within the United States and at that time they thought they could take care of it by infiltration, by bribing, by blackmail, and by scandal. Now, as of a year ago, they decided that that's useless and that the only answer to the Christian church is to burn it to the ground. And we'll be talking about quite a few things like that today. But this is what I came off of. And at that time, the reason, I'm going to say a few things, if they're contrary to things you've heard before, traditional, just pray for me. I'm sure they're going to be. The reason that the Christian church became a threat to the Illuminati is that a particular president existed that time, and that president, through the man that helped set up the Bay of Pigs invasion, became a Christian. It was one for the Lord, that's John Kennedy. And because of this, they thought they could threaten and force him back in. They tried for three months. In fact, 30 days before his death, the Pope ordered him to Rome to appear before him and accept communion at his hand. And Kennedy walked out of the Vatican refusing communion. And that's when they decided that he had to go. So he ordered his death. So if you're wondering they're ever going to solve the Kennedy assassination, don't you believe it? Now, I when I joined the Illuminati knowing 
I guess I was a member of the Illuminati since I was 14, but I did not know it was the Illuminati. Now I'm going to give you a chance to ask some questions, and the reason I'm going fast is I have to leave here and go preach a service. So uh, I'm going to try to go through some of these things and wise you up to some of the things the Illuminati has been doing to the Christian church. It's all I'm going to concentrate on is what they've been doing to the Christian church. And then I'm going to let you ask a lot of questions and try and go back over the pieces I've skipped over by accident. Now, when they decided to do this, they knew that demons were very real. There's nobody that's ever come out of the occult that would say that the devil's not as active as he was during the time of Jesus, and therefore, neither is his army. And they're extremely real today. I, I would like to say more than ever, but I'm sure they were just as real in Jesus' time. And they know that there are weak Christians as well as there are strong Christians. There's two types of Christians, and they're familiar with this. In fact, I learned this in witchcraft, not in the Christian church. There are Christians who have accepted Jesus as Savior, and there are Christians who have accepted him as Lord. And there is a difference. In fact, I was telling the pastor's wife I love the gate, the trio, because I've learned more about the Lordship of Christ listening to their music and their testimonies than probably anybody else. And they have a beautiful illustration on one of their live albums of where the woman's two-year-old boy was down at a picnic and the grandmother and him was playing ball with a plastic ball and bat. And he got mad and threw the bat down and started stamping on the ground and says, Grandma, you missed my bat again. You missed my bat again. And that's just about us when we get in trouble or when we don't think the Lord did it our way. We say, Lord, you missed my bat again. That's because we're trying to run it and tell the Lord what to do. Now that's being Savior. When he's Lord, we say, Lord, what am I supposed to do for you today? How do you want it run? And there's a difference. And they know the difference in the occult world. And they try to keep everybody at the Savior station. They figure they've lost them anyway, but they'd like to make their testimony so weak and so void that they're not a threat to them. And they use several things to do it. Their number one instrument in destroying a Christian's strength is music. Now, I'm sure a lot of you parents had great testimonies from your kids going home about how great a speaker I am and so on on rock music. Uh, that's because my favorite thing is to burn rock music. I just get such a pleasure out of destroying that garbage. And there's a reason that I get that pleasure. I used to lead Zodiac Productions, the largest rock booking concert agency in the United States. They've decided they ought to change their name. They do this quite often, the Illuminati change their name around. But at that time, they're the main reason that the Beatles and the Stones and Crosby, Still Nash and Young and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and other groups that belong to the occult had concerts in this country. They have now had such influence, and since the Illuminati has bought most of their record companies anyway, you cannot produce records in this country as a new group getting started, like KISS, unless you are a member of some occult brotherhood and have an initiation scar on your wrist. Now, I was shocked that one of the young people here knew a particular story that happened about six months ago. KISS was having a press conference over a new album they were releasing, and this press conference was being held in Hollywood. 
over at one of the record companies. And somebody said, well, Kiss, that's a strange name. What's it all about? And the guy stood up and says, well, I guess we ought to tell you all about ourselves. We didn't get together and form our own group. We were told to form this group by our ministers, by our church. And they said, oh, we didn't know you were Christians. Oh, I like the way the guy thinks. They said, oh, we're not. We're Satanists. We, and they all pulled out their minister's cards and showed they were priests of the Satanic Brotherhood of America. And they said, oh, and they, they kind of skipped over. They were trying to get away from it. They didn't realize they weren't going to get away from it. And, the new, and one of the guys stood up and says, oh, well, you know all the teeny boppers really, really like you. And they say, well, we're not too interested in the girls. We all like the guys. And they all said they were homosexuals except for one. That destroyed some of the girls the other day. And then they went on to say, by the way, our name means kings in satanic service. That's what KISS stood for. Now that's just one group. A lot of them are out there. Uh, most of the groups pick their names for their band according to which language. Now how many sea beers do we have here that talk on the CB? Come on, you can confess that. The Lord will forgive you. Okay. Now, I have a CB in my car. I try to not to use it unless I have to. But I have learned one thing, that supposedly CBers talk in what is called English. I'm not so sure some of the times. But you know what I mean. They have the words smoky and uh, tin four and everything else and on down the road and so on. Okay, they have a set of cold words. Unless you know what they're, you know, what they're talking in, it's a lot like what the teenagers talk in today. Unless you know what they're talking in, you can't understand the conversation. Well, the witches have had a language for several thousand years old that they communicate in. And it's English, I think. And it consists of many words. It means many, you know, phrases and so on. They call them, actually, what they call it is witches' roots. R-U-D-E-S, roots. And most of the rock music is written in which language, okay? And many of the groups pick their names by phrases out of the witchcraft Bible, the Book of Shadows. And uh, the Beatles, now, there's one of the most potent charms within witchcraft is the scarab, which is a beetle. And that's why they chose it. Most people who are great beetle fans, and this goes back to some of the oldsters here, uh, do not realize what the occult calls the Beatles. They call them the four prophets, the four angels from Lucifer. And they believe in them so strongly that for the first time in witchcraft history, a record album and the words of that record album have been adopted as part of the witchcraft Bible, the Book of Shadows. And that was the double white album that the Beatles sung. They consider every song on there to be a prophecy from Lucifer of the end times. Okay? Just to give you a little clue. Now, don't rush out and buy one, but you can rush home and burn the one you got. Now, I know a lot of the rock singers firsthand because of booking and because many of them were in occult brotherhoods that I used to go and minister at and so on when I was and was over. Three Dog Night all came out of one cove in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, I know Santana, they were brought up from 
from down in South America, and his brother started another group, and I know many of the groups. In fact, my closest friend in the world is David Crosby from Crosby, Still, Nash & Young. And I saw him, in fact, I'd like you to pray for him because I do really feel for him. I saw him about three days before Christmas last year, and the man is almost dead. He's on $200 a day worth of cocaine. And I talked with him, I said, you know, I've been out of this a long time, Dave. I'd like to know, do they still require at the record companies that when a song is ready to be pressed, in other words, the records are pressed and sent out, is it required over in one of the temple rooms? See, most of you don't know that all the major record companies have a room set aside about this size for a witchcraft coven to come in and do rights at for the company. I said, is it still required for the coven to come in and perform a spell over the music so that people will buy it? They said, oh, yes. Now, the reason for rock music is not to make money. The Illuminati doesn't need money. They got most, probably 99, 99% of the money in the world. They don't need money. What they want with rock music is the same reason that they created the jewelry I'll be talking about in a moment. And that is to weaken your Christian life. Now, when a record is done, the priest of that coven ordered demons to follow, one demon to follow every rock record that comes off of that master copy. Now, if you don't think it's done, too bad. I want you to stop and ask yourself, what strong Christian, what soul-winning Christian do you know that plays rock music? I've made a statement many times in my meetings. You show me a strong Christian, and don't come up and tell me you're a strong Christian you got the rock music, because I'll set you down and we'll go over your life. I've never met one. There isn't any. Only weak Christians listen to rock music. By the way, only weak Christians witness, listen to Jesus rock music also. Now, I know a little story about Jesus rock, since we're talking about infiltration. I was in Phoenix on a guest speaking tour. I was living in San Antonio. I was there on a function at one of the Grand Druid meetings. In fact, it was an extremely important meeting that was taking place that was discussing the destruction of Jerry Falwell's church. Oh, yeah. All the big churches are discussed one time or the other. And when we were there, I was given a check that was made out on the Lords of London Bank in London. That, well, that's where it originated. It was actually made out on the Chase Manhattan Bank here, but it was funds from that bank. It was stamped on it. And it was to be delivered to a Reverend Chuck Smith, Costa Mesa, California. Now, old Chucky, he had started out with started a thing called the Jesus People. That's really where it got started with him. And the occult got very upset. The Illuminati was extremely upset because ministers were standing up and preaching against rock music and the kids were burning their music. Now, they just couldn't stand the idea that these demons weren't in Christians' homes and affecting Christians' lives. And they couldn't understand. It was puzzled me how the Christians found out about this. We thought we were so carefully had it hidden that we couldn't understand why Christian ministers were preaching against rock since they didn't know the real reason. But something inside ministers across the country was saying, this is wrong. So how do you get these demons, these same demons, in the people's hands if they're not going to play the rock? You make a Christian. Standard term in the Illuminati. If you can't beat them, join them. 
So this $4 million check was the second $4 million this man had received in, the, in a two-year period. And with it, he built Maranatha Productions. And Maranatha Productions started what we call today Jesus Rock. Now, watch out. I'm going to give you a little warning. The Illuminati just bought the biggest Christian record and music company in the United States and probably in the world about a year ago. And already we're seeing a change in the music. They bought Word Ministries in Texas, RCA bottom up, and RCA belongs to the Illuminati, and they've already brought out a company called Myrrh, okay, and Myrrh's emblem is the ruins of Stonehenge, that's one of the strongest witchcrafts, I, that would be for a witch to go to Stonehenge would be like a Christian to go to Bethlehem, it's that holy of a place in the occult, and they mark their records. And one particular witch we can't stand that a lot of Christians have in their home, we enjoy burning her records as much as we enjoy burning the Beatles, and that's Honey Tree, and she sings for them. Now, we know many of these people because they started out in rock music, and they were ordered over into the Christian rock. So if I can get you Christian rock music, that's almost as fun as getting your rock music. Now, the other thing that I want to say before we get back to politics a second is this. Five years ago, I could stand in a meeting and say, this is how you tell a witch, by their jewelry, and this, these are the symbols. I can't do that today because the Christians are wearing the same jewelry. Now, most people don't know the significance of an inanimate object when its creation was ordered by the devil. Now, I don't think anybody here doubts that the Word of God was ordered by the Holy Spirit through man. Well, certain writings and certain pieces of jewelry were ordered by the devil through occult people. And these pieces of jewelry mean things you don't know. Now, about three years ago, the occult changed all the names to these pieces of jewelry. What they've been called for thousands of years, they changed their names and called them something else. Some of the names don't even make sense. And then they started selling them through several major companies that they owned, federal department stores, which meant that they sold them through Sears and Pennies. Then they sold and got Kmart and Gold Circle and so on. Then they sold them through Standard Oil store Montgomery Wards. And then they wanted to get them into everybody's homes that maybe didn't buy them in the store, so they sold them through Avon. And Avon's catalog this year is unreal. It's got more jewelry in it from the occult than I've ever seen anywhere else. By the way, if you buy from Avon, we have a cassette tape, we don't have it with us, of a woman that's with Word of Life Ministries that was one of their biggest executives in Maryland, and she had to be delivered from demons because of the jewelry she was selling, and her testimony is outstanding, of how she tried to kill herself just because the jewelry was in her house and the demonic activity that it created. So you might consider it twice. Now, these are the symbols. Okay, so if you get savvy to symbolism, you will see a lot of them covering their eye. So one-eye symbolism, you see the one eye in lots of different things. There's that Freemason symbol. Um, you'll see that a lot, um, which is most Freemasons will show it. it I, well, I guess I'll put that on my cover so you guys can see some of these symbols. 
Um, there's the Pagan Star. There's the Lumen. Uh, a lot of like Beyonce pictures. She's putting her thumb together and then making the pyramid sign. So the pyramids a symbol. Um, I think because a lot of this goes back to Egyptian magic. Um, I'm gonna let him explain some of the other ones used in witchcraft. Uh, it's pretty sad. The peace sign is a cross that's upside down and broken. So they make you break a cross and throw the sides of the arm. So that's like the peace sign, guys. It's not really full of peace, is it? It's pretty pretty crazy how they have lied to us all these years. And then make anybody who's told the truth look like the liar. So before we continue on with symbols, I'm going to play you guys a real quick interview I found with Kiss. It was dated back in like the 70s, I believe. And they are ridiculous the first they were like yeah when we started we didn't have any equipment and then gene simmons was like when we started we had more equipment than anybody and we went six feet in the air and the guy was like wait a minute we didn't have equipment and he was like well yeah after such and such and you heard i don't even know what they were talking about it was weird anyways and then they go on to say well how did kiss start and uh <laughs> listen just listen Sorry, I've heard a nasty laugh. Whose idea was Kiss? Who invented Kiss? We all, we all, we all did, yeah. We've been to, Gene and I were together for about nine years now. Not sexually, just to... That's the later part of the program. That's the later part of the program. Then we get into the drugs and, you know, all that stuff. No, 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 Okay. I don't take drugs. Mom? No, you say nine years. Yeah, we've been here about, about nine years, and then we broke up a band we were in, and Peter joined us, and then Ace joined us, and uh, the rest is history. We always wanted. I, I always wanted. <laughs> Kissmas, it's like everything is really? Kiss. Kissmas, no. Kissmas. The thing was, we always wanted theatrics and music together. I did find myself. We're still and... hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and finally I met these two guys, and they wanted it. <laughs> we picked him off the bowery. Tommy Cowns, we're not in discussions. <laughs> Uh, can I just go around the horn here and start with Gene and tell me where you're from and where you went to school? All right, I've got, I've got a question to ask you. Is this true confession time or am I on? No, you're, you're, you're right. really on. All right. He just asked his handler uh, where he <laughs> should say he's really from, <laughs> truth or fake. I'm from Queens, New York. Uh, actually, not too far away from Paul's house. We kind of used to wave, wave to each other before we knew. That's right. Before we knew each other, I'd see this guy waving back. I'd wave. So as you can see, they don't take this seriously at all, and they just completely lie based on what they're supposed to say. If you're like me and you like to research, you like to find both sides of everything. And so I've dug up a few articles. The first one I'm going to read you is from Entertainment. And the headline reads, Not Everyone Liked Jesus Either, an interview with Gene Simmons. And this is by Melissa Locker, dated April 10th, 2014, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it says, for many music fans, it's hard to imagine a time when Kiss didn't exist. Many people grew up to the transgressive sound of the band. Now, I'm going to pause right there. You guys do realize these boys were acting like chicks dressing transgender, right? Kind of the first guys to ever do this. And does it surprise you that they were homosexual and uh, satanic? <laughs> Not me either. Okay. And then she wrote, she continues writing, whose name may or may not have been known for kings or knights in Satan's service from their elaborate stage 
personas complete with black leather costumes and thick makeup. Their shows were stuff of legends. 40 years later, they are still a band going strong. Okay, so like I said, that was April 10th. Now, if you look at their logo, it's K-I-S-S, and it's two lightning bolts. And if you know, the Bible talks about Satan being thrown out of heaven through a bolt of lightning. And a lot of bands, they like to sing about this. Um, there's Imagine Dragons, and they sing that thunder. That's all about Satan, y'all. Um, this in particular, I was looking at different kiss songs and they have that song called gods of thunder. They have heavens on fire. I started a long time ago speaking out about truth and things I found. And one of the first things I spoke up on was, um, the Christians. It blew me away one day when I was really, you know, giving my life back to Jesus. I was in my late thirties. And I was listening to the Christian music again. And, you know, a lot of it touches your soul. But one day I was listening to this band. Um, it's called Need to Breathe. And they had this song. And I'm going to play it for you real quick. And it it made my heart be like, this is weird. And then as soon as I thought it was weird, I went to look at the cover. And it was all Illuminati, Illuminati signs. So I'm going to play you my actual YouTube clip that I did back in... I'll tell you the date when I pull it up, but, um, it was just mind blowing to me when I started realizing preachers like Billy Graham had accusers of that were alive. Have you guys ever heard of Fiona Barnett? She's done a mini, uh, she lives in Australia. She has a website called pedos down under. She accuses Billy Graham, the pastor of, taking advantage of her as a little girl in Bohemian Grove. And she gives detail of her testimony. Um, I guess I'll play that too. And the first time I exposed that, you know, I, it pissed off a lot of people. And then, you know, you hear this guy, um, John Todd or the Collins, the guy that I've been playing. And he talks about Chuck Smith and Calvary. And it all just kind of like hit a chord for me because I live in Albuquerque I gave my life back to God at Calvary Church. One of the, you know, a great pastor, he, he just tremendous wisdom in the Bible, uh, taught me so much, but yet he brought, and his name's Skip Heising, and he's the pastor here in Albuquerque. And, you know, I had so much respect for him and he brought in, um, Franklin Graham and we did shoeboxes for Franklin Graham. And, you know, I just uh, Chuck Smith came right before he died. He was bawling the whole service. I wasn't sure why he's crying so much, but now I kind of, maybe he, you know, and I don't know if these guys give their life to God truly at the end. If they, I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not the judge, but all I know is people have spent a lot of time in the Christian world fast asleep and worshiping preachers. And I found myself the other day really questioning who I listen to and, and why, and are they biblical and do they preach the Bible? And, you know, does it resonate with my heart? And I was listening to right on radio when he was talking about the passing of mantles and Elijah and Elisha, they, they talk about passing of a mantle, but then I've heard like other prophets say they've had so-and-so's mantle and, then I look into these people and I'm like, this person gives me weird vibes. And I don't know, you guys, you, you got to listen to your hearts and pray and let every man be a liar and God's word be true because there's, you know, a lot of people 
I feel like right now in the prophetic world, that might just be piggybacking off each other. I don't really know, you guys. I'm questioning as much as the next person. I have put a lot of faith into Kim Clement's prophecy and the prophets after him telling us what time we're going into. And then I spent the last, you know, several days researching the satanic agenda and how many people have been trying for so long to wake up the body of Christ and how fast asleep we still are. And it's just sad. And it's, and it's sad that they run so much. But this guy was talking about this preacher that went into a strip club. And by the end of him preaching, this is one guy, the whole strip club gave their life to God. All the strippers were covering themselves. The bartender, the, the owner of the bar gave it to the church. And it was just like, this became a place where this guy now, Todd Clark or Colin, I always get his name wrong, guys. Sorry. Cause he has like 85 aliases. Not really. He has like 10, but I, I get his name always wrong. I will put the link to his nine hour video in my description box. If you choose to take the nine hours to listen to it, it's totally up to you. Um, and I will get his name right from nylon, but he was saved because of this. And we'll go into his testimony. I'll let you, I'll let him finish that too. But, um, first I'm going to play you my YouTube clip and you can go find this waking up with Mel on my YouTube. This is an old video back before I even started podcasting. And it was when I really woke up to the satanic agenda in the Christian church. And I started seeing the symbolisms and I, and I saw need to breathe. This is a huge thing they used to make guys do. And, and guys did it willingly. They would make him dress like a woman. And that would be like showing the Illuminati that they basically sold out. And when I, so I would start to research that, like, I'd be like, so-and-so need to breathe dresses women or whatever. And sure as heck, there they were on a Conan O'Brien Halloween show, which is the devil's holiday, dressed as women playing one of their songs. And that to me was just like, wow, it spoke volumes. And again, this is all my opinion and my research. You guys can make inform your own. I'm not telling you to believe anything I say, believe nothing I say, but do yourself a favor and don't just shut it down. Research it. If you love Billy Graham, I more power to you, but research Fiona Barnett and her testimony. I am a victim of sexual abuse and I am so glad my mother listened to me when I was five years old and told her what happened to me and never happened again. It happened one time. People like Fiona Barnett, they are victims of sexual abuse by people that are worshiped and idolized well after they're dead. I mean, Chuck Smith just got a movie made about him with Kelsey from, from a uh, Frasier. Okay guys. That's not just because he was a great preacher. He probably really did get those billions of dollars from the Illuminati and take over the Christian music, just like Todd said. John Todd is the name he goes by, by the way. John Todd. Well, <laughs> I just went to my YouTube page to find this for y'all, and it's been deleted. But good thing for the cloud. So I just pulled up Fiona's testimony. Her testimony is dated 7-18-2018, Fiona, F-I-O-N-A, Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T, -T, witness testimony. This is the ITNJ Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse. All right, now, here she goes. Former President Richard Nixon rightly back of the USA, CIA, Australia's main military airport, the 
one where Air Force One lands and visits Australia. After this, I was child sex trafficked from Sydney Airport to California, USA, in a cargo plane. I was gassed and stuffed in a wooden crate like an animal. During this trip, I was raped by media founder Ted Turner at a pedophile party held at Disneyland, and I was trafficked to the annual summer camp at Bohemian Grove, attended by notable politicians, businessmen, and other VIPs. I was raped by Reverend Billy Graham in a pink bubble-themed cabin at Bohemian Grove. Billy Graham told me that his good buddy, Richard Nixon, had recommended me to him. At Bohemian Grove, I was one of a group of children dressed as teddy bears and hunted for sport by men in the forest to the theme song, Teddy Bear's Picnic. I also witnessed the ritual murder of a woman by male guests dressed in black Luciferian robes. Okay, and so she's spoken up about this many, many times. I'm going to also play you one more um, testimony, I guess you could say. It's not under oath like the other one just was, but this is a testimony she talks about the same exact experience, and she always is very, never has changed her story, not once. America before, uh, a few times, so one time was one, main, uh, main time that stands out when I was six, and I was trafficked to Bohemian Grove to um, Richard Nixon's very close Watergate buddy, um, Billy Graham, the Reverend Billy Graham. Nixon assaulted me in Australia when he was over there after the Watergate thing, and uh, then he recommended me to Billy Graham, and to, you know, as a victim that would be suitable for a Bohemian Grove. Their pedophile Luciferian get together every uh, was it July their summer camp. That is nothing but a Luciferian pedophile organisation. They really do murder people there. I saw one adult murder, and. Um, yeah, and they dressed me up as a teddy bear and set me on a hunt. The favourite thing pedophiles like to do is hunting children. Bohemian Grove is a hunting, originally a hunting organisation. They love to hunt kids, that's what they love to do. And that's what the, the royals like to do over in Europe. You've heard other testimonies from people. And I, my sixth birthday was, you know, I attended a big hunt where they actually shot children for sport. They said, you're responsible for these kids. If you don't get them over those hills into safety, we're shooting them. Fiona also has written a book and it's called Eyes Wide Open and on page 14 and I quote, I am not the first to publicly accuse Billy Graham of being a CIA agent, Freemason and rapist. MK Ultra victim Kathleen Sullivan, who wrote Unshackled, a survivor's story of mind control, said he raped her. So I don't know much about Kathleen Sullivan, but apparently she's a lawyer and the book Unshackled is still available and I'm going to buy it. Um, but I couldn't get much about anything about Billy Graham and her testimony. There's really not much on her. However, her book does look very good and I am going to get it. I did, however, in a little bit of research I was doing, found this book that is um, written by Fritz and he's... He actually has a book that I'm going to, another book I'm going to mention that's in the CIA.gov that I found yesterday, but his name is F-R-I-T-Z Spring M, so Spring, S-P-R-I-N-G, M-E-I-E-R and Cisco Wheeler. And Cisco Wheeler was a victim. Um, I've, I've read lots of testimonies and heard lots of testimonies from her. Um, so they have this book. And it's called the Illuminati Formula to Create an Undetectable Total Mind Control Slave. Chapter 5B, The Skill of Lying, The Art of Deceit, and then in parentheses it says Billy Graham. Illuminati Formula Table of Contents. 
Billy Graham's active role in satanic ritual abuse, in parentheses, SRA. Before we get into the details, we'll take an overview. Satanists thrive on power. Satan loves to give his followers power. Satan took Christ to the mountaintop and told Christ he'd have a quote-unquote crusade and bring everyone to follow Christ if Christ would just bow down and worship him. Christ refused. Billy Graham accepted it. We know a great deal of how Satanists took Billy Graham, the brush salesman, and made him into the famous, I'm going to call him preacher. It says evangelist, but I I keep messing that word up. So I'm just going to say preacher from now on, okay, wherever it says that word, that he has become. Additionally, we also know from victims of Satanism that have come out of it that Billy Graham has been a Satanist himself. How can this be? And how can we know this? One of the best witnesses is a monarch program survivor who has escaped from being a high-level Pentagon slave. This survivor witnessed Billy Graham working for the Illuminati. The survivor also carried messages for the satanic hierarchy and personally knows that Billy Graham had been carrying messages from the top secret Illuminati to presidents and heads of state. And we can look back at pictures of who Billy hung out with and they weren't good people. Google it yourself. That's my side note right there. This person's information has been backed up by independent witnesses. A second ex-Satanist who also remembers Billy Graham as a Satanist, uh, as a Satanist, still another person, an ex-Illuminati person who has become an MPD, and that stands for Multiple Personality Disorder, stood in front of Billy Graham and watched his eyes. The person said that it was very clear that Billy Graham has MPD and that he switches personalities. By happenstance or God's will, Fritz received a report from from one of the women who went to church with Billy Graham's wife, Ruth. The woman was told by Ruth in conversation that her husband, Billy Graham, is strange and that he always slept with his eyes open. It's a characteristic. It is a characteristic of people who have MPD to sleep with their eyes open. People who have MPD may have a devout Christian personality and a devout satanic personality, all within a single body. This is not uncommon. In Billy Graham's case, he is fully aware of what he is doing for the enemy and all his personalities, although his Christian personality may not be ecstatic about it all. Billy Graham's Decision Magazine has his front page caption, Change from the Inside Out, and displays an infinity loop on the cover. And I clicked at that link, and it's very interesting. Um, And this is even more interesting how it's looped to mind control. Many monarch slaves have have had lots of programming around the infinity loop. The infinity symbol is an important trigger to remind them of how they are captured by the unending repeating rebuilding programming there are countless little things like this which are evidence that billy graham is playing a role in the satanic mind control of the illuminati dr shefflin a mind control expert told me that he saw internal documents from the 1950s teaching billy graham's people on how to have a successful revival these documents instructed crusade counselors on things which were elements of mind control such as delaying people from coming forward to confess christ until quote unquote the right time if you ever wondered how much billy graham knows if the illuminati haven't told him a concerned christian named dave hill who was ex-mafia ex-new-ager ex-mason he did 
The concerned Christian, a friend of Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, and had lived there for two years at Billy Graham's house. He didn't realize that Graham had been sucked into the New World Order until he had confronted Billy Graham. Dave Hill, who was an ex-Mason turned Christian who had worked with many of the world's elites, spent 18 hours in a hotel room warning Billy Graham about the New World Order. Billy Graham told Dave Hill at the end of their two-day of talking in this eastern U.S. hotel room that he was, quote-unquote, captive of that New World Organization. In other words, after placing himself under the Illuminati's sponsorship in the late 40s, Billy's, Billy Graham had a choice of continuing to do his job for them or being destroyed. Since they created who he is, they can destroy him, and he knows it. Dave Hill went on to try to expose the New World Order and lost his life just as he finished a manuscript exposing it. Even a well-informed Christian like Dave Hill, who tried to warn Billy Graham about the New World Order, was unaware of the extent and deception of the Illuminati's mind control. David didn't know about the program multiples. David Hill, who was high-ranking Scottish Rite Freemason and an important mafia figure before he came to Christ, had even been t been the go-between for Billy Graham and Joe Banana, a Mafian kingpin. It was Dave Hill who, innocently believing in Billy Graham, arranged the meeting for the two men. Dave Hill knew that William Randolph Hearst was part of the Illuminati. He was a part of a branch of the Illuminati and what could be termed the sixth degree. William Randolph Hearst was totally into paganism. This is very obvious by a tour of his mansion in California, which has been turned into a museum. It was William Randolph Hearst who financed the first three years of Billy Graham's crusade. STU PAC, PAK, is associated with the Stewart Title Company. Stupac provides funds for Billy Graham and others, and is others, period. The head of Stupac is friends with Billy Graham and George Bush. The company has lots of relatives running it. The Morris family is also tied to it. The people of Stewart Title Company are ruthless. The Van Dunn D-U-Y-N Illuminati family in California also helped Billy Graham's ministry get started. One of the ways the Illuminati funneled money to Billy Graham was through a monthly check delivered to Gene Dixon, J-E-A-N-N-E, Janine, office, which was picked up every month by Billy Graham's staff. After Dixon's secretary came to Christ, she tried to expose Billy Graham's connection to Janine Dixon. Janine Dixon sells crystal balls with snakes. She is part of the Illuminati. Billy Graham wrote her letter calling her a woman of God. And they call Satan God, just so you know, guys. Dixon's secretary had a copy of this letter with Billy Graham's signature on it after she became a Christian. In 1952 in Paris, Billy Graham and another preacher had dinner with two prostitutes. And each one took one of them home. Nice. <laughs> Billy Graham had a wife and children at home, so the whole affair was totally improper for a preacher even if Billy Graham didn't have sex with the woman. He told his friend only that the prostitute had taken off her clothes and then he gotten scared and come back to their hotel room. See Frady Marshall, Billy Graham, A Parable of an American Righteousness, Boston Little Brown Company, page 169 through 170.
1954, the man who ran security for Sacramento Crusade saw a high-priced hooker sneak into Billy Graham's room prior to going out for the crusade. Billy Graham and this high-priced hooker were alone together in the room. It is this type of thing that has opened Billy Graham up to blackmail. Should Graham ever try to stray from proper course set for him by the Illuminati, they have plenty of ammunition to blackmail him. You may ask, why would Satanists from a generational Satanic families want to intimidate Billy Graham with fear? Why isn't he from a generational Satanic family? The answer is that the whole Satanic system operates off of fear. Intimidation and fear are standard everyday parts of their makeup and actions. Sort of the counterpart to the saying there is no honor among thieves. The Satanic hierarchy are consistent are in consistent intimidation and power struggles. When Billy Graham wanted to, he could call up Henry Kissinger and say, tell him to call me the minute he comes in. Frady, page 451. Henry Kissinger is right in the middle of what the Illuminati is doing. Another Illuminati that Graham has a working relationship with is Henry Luce, L-U-C-E, Friends of the Branch. B-A-R-U-C-H-S. That's how you spell their last name. I'm not the best uh, at pronouncing names, as you can tell, so I just spell them for y'all. Luce and Billy Graham spent several nights staying up, talking late into the night. Knowing how the Illuminati work, it is very safe to assume that they have pushed Billy Graham into further degree degenerate acts. They have probably done everything they can to pervert Billy Graham. So there is no telling what sexual sins remained hidden. Kissinger is a member of P2 Freemasonry. If it were to assume that Billy Graham were not involved, and that is a big if since we know he is, then one of the studies M2 Masonic recruiting tactics given in the book In God's Name, page 116, the reader will grasp that anyone of Billy Graham's stature who associates so freely with P2 Freemasons will be targeted and blackmailed and forced to join. Once they join, new members are forced to compromise another possible targets. Billy Graham is part of the people who implement the Monarch program, which was a joint Illuminati CIA total mind control program done to people. We know that it is survived by Monarch sexual slaves and their kitten altars. And it's very easy for the network to keep these poor victims, Monarch slaves, from talking and so the full extent of much of what has gone on may not come out in our lifetimes. And see, I, I truly believe that people will be exposed. You know, I, I'm also not saying who's going to be in heaven and who's going to be in hell, because I do believe God can grant forgiveness to anybody. But a lot of people, they don't ask for it. And they, you know, I don't know. It's just a sad thing. Another possible clue about Billy Graham's hidden life comes from Billy Graham himself. Do the readers remember how Jimmy Swagger would disguise himself in sunglasses and etc. and his staff helped him carry out what he in part confessed? In Hollywood, Florida, yes, Florida, Billy Graham said that he often attends love-ins and rock festivals incognito by putting on a false mustache and a beard. He also said he found the experience in doing that kind of thing refreshing. The story was in Chicago's Daily News in December 29, 1969. The article's purpose appears to have been to make Billy Graham look hip in today's rock and roll crowds of teenagers. 
Billy Graham described his friendship with Alan Doles. I make every effort not to let it appear that I favor one party or over another. I count Secretary Doles, D-U-L-L-E-S, guys, a friend, but Senator Humphrey is also a good friend of mine. And in parentheses here, it says who he met when we were both swimming nude at the YMCA pool in Minneapolis, where he was running for mayor. A friendship with Alan Doles, Alan Doles, director of the CIA, was one of the biggest perpetrators of trauma-based mind control that this book is about. Humphreys also received orders from satanic hierarchy. And what is this swimming nude? When Billy Graham had his 1954 crusade, large sums of money came directly from the Illuminati, the Whitney's, the Vanderbilt's, the Rockefeller's, and Chase Manhattan. Billy Graham has numerous times attended Hollywood cocktail parties. Just two examples are which are one given by Debbie Reynolds and another which was a cocktail party for Hollywood stars put on by Nixon at his St. Clements, California home on Sunday evening. Billy Graham's schedule was filled with activities such as playing golf with people who are in the Illuminati or Hollywood types. The full impact of this constant fellowship with darkness is hard for people to grasp because they picture that Graham is a preacher and therefore he must go where the sinners are. This is an expression, show me a man's friends and I'll tell you about him. It's one thing to spend time with evil to give it a chance to repent and come to light. It's another to fellowship with evil and allow it to remain in darkness. Let's quote from a neutral source. A group who had been investigating the role of church and state. They were trying to determine for their study whether Billy Graham has had an impact on the presidents from Eisenhower to Clinton. The study was not pro or anti-Graham. It was simply trying to determine what impact this religious leader is having on political leaders. Billy Graham has spent a lot of time with the presidents. So their question was, has Billy Graham had some type of impact? Their conclusion, printed in the Journal of Church and State, concludes, Could Graham speak the word of truth, especially when that word may be critical or slashing to the man in the White House when he is often on such friendly terms with him? On the bias of the evidence now available, the answer must be no. What a person does on his free time is said to be revealing. Christ did spend his time with sinners, but he called them to repentance. In all my study of Billy Graham, I haven't seen any of the Hollywood movie stars or politicians change their lifestyles by association with Billy Graham. A number of conversions have been artificially created and given widespread publicity by the press. Pat Boone is this type of close friend of Billy Graham that perhaps Tip typifies Billy Graham. He's someone well received by the public. Billy Graham has enjoyed using him in crusades. Pat Boone continued playing the Playboy type nightclubs while he was singing at Billy Graham crusades. Pat Boone is just who is pro Jewish, may be Jewish because of the state of Israel has given him some special positions. There is nothing wrong with having Jewish blood, it just explains his connections. The new Nugen, N-U-G-E-N, hand bank was CIA operation that laundered money and did many illegal activities. Pat Boone was part of the Nuraguan hand bank scandal. Exactly how deep he was involved with the CIA's dirty dealing is unclear. Pat Boone's daughter, Debbie Boone, made a hit out of a song, You Light Up My Life. 
The words of the song were written by a woman who worshipped Lucifer and wrote the song to Lucifer. Billy Graham has placed the emphasis in his crusades on putting liberals, even Catholic priests, up on the platform with himself. When Billy Graham ever spends time with solid, devout Christians, let, let me rephrase that. It's more of a question. Well, it is a question. When does Billy Graham ever spend time with solid, devout Christians? Question mark. Every time Billy Graham went to Moscow, he tried to avoid devout Christians of unregistered churches who unwittingly tried unsuccessfully to meet with Graham. Instead, <laughs> he would meet with the heads of Orthodox Church, which since all things changes in Russia are now proven to have been KGB agents. Although most of us had expected that all along from the type of things they said and did. How naive can Christians get? Do they really think that the Illuminati is going to get legitimate, powerful, anointed Christian preachers and have regular access to their people? Don't Christians realize that even if he was a real threat, someone who might really bring one of the top elite to Christ, that they would be assassinating him, not whining and dining him? Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. Matthew seven fifteen. Behold, I am sending you forth as lambs among wolves. Luke ten three. The apostle Paul warned Christian leaders: Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, and which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know that this, after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Acts twenty twenty eight through 29 Bill Clinton, some senators, and Billy Graham's son, Ned E. Graham, invited the leaders of the Chinese house churches to pray to a prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C. Three delegates from the three self patriotic movement tspm and three others from the house of churches were invited and i can't say these names so i'm going to spell it lynn x i a n dash g a o lee t i a n dash e n and yun y u a n x i x i a n g dash c h e n Reverend Ned Graham visited these Chinese in person to extend the U.S. government's invitation. Graham told the Chinese Christians that the government would pick up the entire tab for breakfast. In return, the U.S. government wanted the Christians to promise not to speak to the American press or, any Ameri or to any American comments that might hurt the image of the red Chinese government. The Chinese government had promised the American government that they would guarantee a safe entry and departure for these house church Christian leaders. Then after the meeting, they were invited to Billy Graham's house. The Chinese Christians declined the invitation by Graham and Chinese Pastor Lin said, If I went to the United States, I would tell the truth, not lies. To tell the truth would definitely be considered an act of damaging the image of Chinese government, which would create the pretext for the government to refuse my re-entry into China. By my commission from God is to serve him faithfully in China only. Therefore, I choose to remain in China after then to go abroad. Ned Graham, Billy's son, tried to talk the Chinese into coming. I know that you surely do love your enemies. Why then can you not compromise? The pastor answered. Yes, we can forgive our enemies for persecuting or opposing us in their ignorance. 
but we can never love false prophets for their heresy. Ned also said it is a glorious and dignified thing to be invited by President Clinton. Many people seek it but cannot obtain it. Fortunately, the Chinese did not buy it. This info and quote comes from China, the untold story by the voice of the martyrs. In court, um, this was written 1995 and that was on page 25 through 31. And now it says building an image. There is another area at Billy Graham that we will not only touch on. It is on. It is one of Fritz 1992 newsletter. Billy Graham is quoted saying that he thought UFOs were angels of God. On either January 28th or 29th, see, and then it says see, like go look at SYMA, February 93, page 3. Billy Graham was interviewed on television by David Frost. Billy Graham said he believed people in heaven are sent by God to other worlds to help him, to help them in redemption of life. This is edging somewhat close to what Mormons believe that Christian, that um, that Christian, that Mormons will each receive their own planet and be God of. In another show, Graham said he wanted to evangelize other planets. Fritz has repeatedly tried to warn Christians of the many demonic dangers associated with the entire UFO phenomenon and the satanic hierarchy connection to UFOs. Billy's gr Billy Graham's idea that UFOs are good angels is a dangerous idea. Billy Graham was given the contrived artificial image of being a great anti-Satanist. At the Chicago Crusade, 200 Satanists stood up in the crowds. Mayor Daly of Chicago then said from the stand, Billy, we have 200 Satanists that want to disrupt your meeting. Shall I arrest them? What shall I do? And Billy said, no, let's sing a song. The crowd sang a song and the Satanists left the stadium on their own. The whole affair was clearly staged and hokey, but Christians are very naive about Satanism and Billy Graham. This further confirmed to them that Billy Graham was a great anointed man of God. First, hardcore Satanists don't show their faces in public. Second, the mayor of Chicago is not against Satanists. He works with them, and there are reasons to suspect he is one. Third, Satanists who do show themselves in the public, like Anton LaVey, want good publicity and would not carry out something like pretending to want to disrupt Billy Graham's crusade. Fourth, if a real threat had existed, Mayor Daly and the police wouldn't be asking Billy Graham what to do. They'd be taking care of the problem. The police don't need to ask permission to take care of troublemakers at a crusade. Christians accept this episode at face value. Those who did clearly show the common churchgoer poor understanding of those who seek control and destroy the church. How Billy Graham plays a key role in reprogramming monarch slaves. Two different talkative Satanists told sources of mine about two different coven meetings here in Portland in the summer of 1993, where the covens discuss the benefits and that the Satanists were going to get from the Billy Graham crusade. I'm going to pause right here and just tell you a side note. Okay, Billy Graham's son is Franklin Graham, and I told you he came to the church that I gave my life back to Christ at, which is Calvary here, which is also associated with Chuck Smith, which my preacher at the time skip heising came from california from chuck smith's church and at calvary which is a huge church in albuquerque he would 
bring in Franklin Graham to have all of us churchgoers, us naive sheep, fill up shoeboxes so Franklin could take them to children in other countries and hopefully not do bad things after that. I thought he was such a sweet, nice guy. I loved his accent. I loved his sermons. And then one day he posted on his Twitter page a picture of him in Portland, Oregon at Voodoo Donuts. And at that time... Portland, Oregon had just came out with a news story about Voodoo Donuts possibly being linked to child sex trafficking. Also, Voodoo Donuts is a horrible name. So if you're a preacher of high standing, such as Franklin Graham, why the heck are you there? So then Fiona Barnett, who I played you, who has accused um, his dad of abuse, she calls him out on Twitter. I mean, I watched all this live. I took screenshots and she says, why would you be there posting that when it's associated with trafficking, basically? And he took the, the post down. But you can you common people have Google, have the Internet. Look it up. Franklin Graham, Voodoo Donuts, Portland, Oregon. There, you, you guys cannot make excuses for this crap. You really can't. And it sucks to expose the Grams. It wasn't my whole intention in my life. But. I'm going to call things as I see it. And the fact is, is that these people are a little too close to home. And then during COVID, they're over there with the Indians, which we all know there's a high trafficking problem with the Native American culture. And if the word Indian bothers you, we still have streets called Indian School Road, things like that. Like, let's get over it. It's ridiculous already how politically correct we're trying to be over here when we have Satanists controlling the world through our churches. We need to wake up as Christians, quit fighting with each other, and start uniting and fighting against these evil demonic people. Because once we do, we win. God wins. God always wins. And God sees all this. I don't, that's the part I don't get. How could you preach the gospel, read the Bible, and then be a Satanist? Like, I just, I don't get that at all. It blows my mind. And another fact is these people have brought many, many people to Christ. So good on them. But there's also a verse in the Bible that will say, I laid hands on people. I did this, God. I did that for you. And God will say, I never knew you. Okay. Like that would suck. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. How these people run around doing these horrible things to little kids and then acting like they're good people. So I left off with um, Portland, Oregon, and I left off with why these covens discuss getting benefits from going to the Billy Graham crusade. And now I'm going to go back to the book. I know one of the benefits for the Satanists was monarch programmies who had become Christians and had deactivated the effect of their mind control programming were to be reprogrammed with Billy Graham's help. Oh, <sighs> See, in these people, they probably trusted him, these saved witches. Wow. Wow. And it makes you question why his son's over there at Voodoo Donuts. <sighs> when Billy Graham arrived in town, and, you know, he was on a crusade too, by the way. Franklin Franklin was. When Billy Graham arrived in town, some someone on his crusade staff had managed to find and send out invitations to many of the survivors of satanic ritual abuse SRA in Portland to come to a special meeting to personally meet with Billy Graham at this special meeting with SRA victims. Billy Graham personally began saying bud buzzwords to reactivate people's programming, especially the monarch survivors. This comes from several witnesses. 
For a number number of years now, the Billy Graham crusade has been putting messages across the bottom of the television screens that has activation codes for monarch survivors. I'm going to pause again. If you guys don't know anything about this, they use Disney movies to activate these these victims. They oh, they use symbols, they use all kinds of stuff and I never even thought of them using a preacher. Freaking genius, you evil satanic bastards and you know what everybody else in the audience would be none the wiser they wouldn't even know those monarch survivors who had become devote christians to escape the nightmare of monarch mind control are often not aware of the danger of watching the billy graham crusade on television when people are activated special people are in the area and they take the monarch survivors to what's called a near-death trauma centers these centers are used then to reprogram these poor people and holy cow this makes me think of the movie inside out oh my i'm gonna have to do a whole podcast on that inside out is a cartoon and it's a place and when i first saw it i googled it and it was a real place and it was like basically talking about you know the job description was to do mind control oh my gosh wow okay leaking dots here this is tripping me out a little bit um yeah inside out check it out guys it's i think that's what it's called let me grab it real quick um and i'll tell you the place to google in portland okay yes so the movie or the the cartoon is called inside out and the place when i googled it is real and it was called cognito inc okay and I think they've erased it since then, but they said the address of this location is 8636 Southeast uh, 141st Street Circle in Portland, Oregon. And I Google it and everything was the same. And then it says market research in Happy Valley, Oregon open at this was the time I this was in 2021. And then it loads up the, it says, providing problems, focused solutions for business forward strategies, synergy, top down integration, success based victories. We are a company apply now. And you would hit the apply now. And it says that they're looking for tactical research analysis must be a consistent to brain scan to apply. Oh, must consent to brain scan to apply ability to sleepwalk and martial arts expertise required dreaming in multiple language is a plus human test subjects having fulfilling a career in our medical research department humane conditions ample water and grow luxury sized observation cells uh, sanitation facilities flexible hours full OSHA compliant must be comfortable handling quantum d-e-t-r-i-t-u-s i don't even know what that is yeah okay so mm-hmm. portland lots is happening in portland i'm starting to figure out with these crusades and the grams and that might explain why portland's one of the first places to go to hell in a handbasket these last couple of years albuquerque's not too far behind it um but look at who's running the show in these in these cities in these states very interesting all right, so back to this book. It says religious fronts, denominations, individual churches, and certain ministers are used to hide criminal activity. Billy Graham, who is programmed multiple himself, is especially adept at managing his monarch kittens. The drug money laundered through his crusades is carefully handled by many monarch slaves working in shifts and teams so that the whole scheme cannot be uncovered by catching one person. 
Billy Graham runs big operations all over the world under the disguise of evangelism. Another of the countless religious covers that works with the network Illuminati's drug activities involves Mormon bishop warehouses, which are used to store cocaine. Monarch slaves are involved with this. Different religious labels hide same criminal network. By the way, when given up the patriarchal blessing, the Mormon patriarch, if he has a monarch slave, will use hypnosis and triggers to convince the person what their future will be like. One can't say this is happening in every case, but it is very widespread for the patriarch who gives the blessings to be part of the trauma-based mind control operations. Billy Graham also personally delivers messages to the president for the Illuminati, such as when he arrived just prior to Bush's decision to launch Desert Storm. Sometimes the papers aren't even spelled out that Billy Graham serves as a message boy. For instance, when he delivered a message April 92 from the Pope to North Korea's dictator Kim. References. The following three books were very helpful to me in terms of documenting Billy Graham's activities. All three offers were interested in documenting what Billy Graham is really about. It may sound strange that I say that, but sadly, most of the books that touch on Billy Graham, like America's Hour of Decision, including the life story of Billy Graham, are simply a part of the deception process of the enemy. However, if anyone wants to know more about Billy Graham, the following three books are very helpful for me to document Billy Graham's activities. Billy Graham, A Parable of American Righteousness by Marshall Frady. Marshall Frady was a writer for Life and Newsweek. He has done an incredible amount of research into Billy Graham's life. He doesn't touch on the sinister side of Billy Graham, but by giving an honest report about Billy Graham, he tears off the Hollywood-type mask, so to speak, that everyone has seen and believed. Marshall Frady simply wanted to tell the whole story of Billy Graham, good, bad, or otherwise. He spent many hours interviewing Billy Graham and many other people involved in Billy Graham's life. When this book was read by a devout Christian, it totally devastated this person's media-built image of Billy Graham. For instance, items like Billy Graham going to dinner with a prostitute and taking her home, Billy Graham walking past his wife and not recognizing her, and Billy Graham's New York crusade refusing to allow street people into the crusade because they were dirty. However, another Christian borrowed my copy of it and said after looking at the book, he didn't see anything wrong with Billy Graham in the book. But then he just read portions of the book. Still, unless one has a spiritual discernment, the book is probably not going to blast a person out of the water because it's a biography, not an expose. Until recently, this was the only really good biography that was available for Christians. Many months before Billy Graham's 1993 Portland Crusade, the advertisements for the crusade and the crusade activity here in Portland began. Pilgrim's Discount, which was one of the best Christian bookstores in Portland area, sells both used and new Christian books. They had a used copy of Billy Graham, A Parable of American Righteousness. I watched for months to see if any Christians would buy the book. Tens of thousands of Christians got involved with Billy Graham's crusade in the Portland area, but none had interest to read read the only biography of Billy Graham available. Finally, just shortly before the crusade, a teenage Christian from Washington, who had been warned about Billy Graham and who was trying to keep from being forced to attend, bought the book on a trip from Washington. This incident shows that Americans know and 
know and what they want to know about Billy Graham is a shallow media hype. A Christian radio show here and had the author of Billy Graham, a prophet with honor, on to promote his book, which was done just when the crusade was days away. A startling exposure, Billy Graham and the Church of Rome by Ian R. K. Paisley, P-A-I-S-L-E-Y. This is perhaps the best book as far as actual documentation. This book is probably rare and not available. Ian R. K. Paisley has made it one of his projects of his life to expose Catholicism. Because Billy Graham works more with Catholics than Protestants, Paisley, as a concerned Christian, obviously found himself learning about Billy Graham. Ian R. K. Paisley knows firsthand how powerful Billy Graham and his establishment backers are. They have a colossal publication strength to discredit any critic of Billy Graham in whatever manner it takes, even if it means outright lies and slander. Billy Graham, reformer, politician, preacher, prophet, a chronicle record com completed from public sources by the Church League of America, 1951 through 1982. This book from Edgar Bundy Ministries is a collection of articles that have appeared in the public media on Billy Graham over a period of 31 years. Billy Graham is condemned by his own words and his own actions. If people only took a look at what Billy Graham is on public record saying, it would startle them. Who is Billy Graham working for? Is he trying to build a Christian church up or is he trying to lay down a f foundation for a one world religion? While some people may on first thought think it is a great idea to have everyone belong on the same religious structure, they need to reflect on the dangers inherent on one single religious body with all-encompassing power. The groundwork for such dictation, dictation global religious body is already partially constructed and is revealed in other writings of Fritz and Springmeier. However, many people know that in 1955 and 1956, Billy Graham announced that he had the policy of sending people who come forward at his crusades to the church of their choice, whether that church or synagogue or a synagogue is Catholic, Protestant, or Jewish. For instance, the Protestant Church Life quotes Billy Graham in its 29. 29 September 1956 issue referring to the Billy Graham New York crusade scheduled for May 1957. Dr. Graham said we are coming to New York not to clean it up but to keep people to dedicate themselves to God and to send them on their own churches Catholic Protestant or Jewish. There is one other book worth pointing out pointing out pointing this out. It is not a source book for my investigation but I know the author and the book came out recently, so it's likely still available. The book is a, a simulation of evangelist Billy Graham into the Roman Catholic Church by Erwin Wilson. The address is Quebec Baptist Missions, Box 113, Compton, Quebec, Canada, J-O-B-I-L-O. It is nice that men like Erwin Wilson are noticing Billy Graham's love affair with the Catholic Church. He has picked up on Billy Graham's statement about the Pope. Pope John Paul II has emerged the greatest religious leader of the modern world and one of the greatest moral leaders of the century. The Saturday Evening Post, February 1980. However, several of these anti-Catholic ministries are rejecting the bigger picture. They have strongly resisted learning about the mind control and about the exposure of the conspiracy in the Be Wise as Serpents 
by Fritz Springer. Because of this, several of the Christian ministries and Catholics have lots of information about Billy Graham and his close workings with the Catholic Church, but little comprehension of how the Catholic Church fits into the bigger picture and how the New World Order is actually coming about this. There has been widespread concern about Billy Graham among Christians because the controlled media don't report these concerns. People are not realizing the extent of the concerns which have been voiced. Even before the co-authors got involved in exposing the Illuminati and their control over religion and their plans for New World Order, there has been a long history of concern by devout Christians over Billy Graham. There has been a growing dissatisfaction among conservative Christians towards Billy Graham. The introduction to Irwin Wilson's book, which is written by Dr. Bob Jones, counselor of Bob Jones University, provides an introduction to the concerns Christians have about the man who has been set up by the media and money elite to their greater to be their greatest leader. We quote only a paragraph of what Dr. Bob Jones said, and here's the quote. Some of us who grieved over Graham first downward steps towards compromise with apostasy and biblical unbelief knew that he was pursuing a direction from which there would be no turning back. While we grieved over him and we prayed for him, we had to warn men against his ministry as we had warned Billy against his direction. The first area of doctrinal, doctrinal concerns by devout Christians who have been deceived that Billy Graham thinks as they do, Christians usually take for granted that Billy Graham is sound doctrinally. The following paragraphs of beliefs of Billy Graham were documented in 1993 by Fritz Springmeier in his June 1993 newsletter with its large documented packet. Mainline Christians would be shocked to find out what Billy Graham really believes in his own public recorded rec record as supporting. Okay, let me try that one more time. Many Christians would be shocked to find out what Billy Graham really believes and is on public record as supporting. This will help show non-Christians who read this that Billy Graham is not really the Christian he pretends to be. This is not to preach at a non-Christian reader. For some of the non-Christian readers will agree with Billy Graham's stands. These views are written to show... Uh, how major Christian leader can have a false public image that has survived mainly because the full public record of Billy Graham stands are kept low key. So how he stands are kept low key. If we are big enough to look at the deception, deceptions of our politicians and statement, statement, we must be big enough to face the deceptions of our ministers. Some of, some of the area that Billy Graham deviates from scripture are are as follows. He is on public record supporting homosexuality, abortion, his disbelief in literal hell, his support and practice of infant baptism to save children, his support of Catholic Church's worship of Mary, yet he calls himself Protestant. He has repeatedly praised in infidels and apostasies of great Christians. He actively supported the American government policy to fight the Vietnam War. He would not challenge the idea that the Bible is mythology when directly questioned. 
The deception does not stop with Protestant and Catholic supporters have been kept in the dark about his abortion views. The deception goes way beyond Protestant Catholic beliefs. As a program multiple who practices satanic ritual, Billy Graham has deceived everyone. The second area is, con uh, is concerns about his support for the one world church and the one world government. This stems from Billy Graham's public endorsement of the World Council of Churches and the National Council of Churches. Billy Graham's constant attendance at the World Council of Churches meetings. Billy Graham has done more than anyone in the world to bring about the One World Harlot Church, and he has done more than anyone to unite the Christian groups into one organization. Billy Graham's support of the Pope and the Catholic Church is one of the largest Christian religion and one of the pillars of the New Age One World Religious Body being set up. The support that the NCC and the WCC gives him, so that's the uh, World Church thing, Wow. The support that international and globalists give Billy Graham. Billy Graham was first to do his Portland crusade in 1993 by the WCC NCC representatives in the area who was homosexual, new ager, and the leader of the municipal movement, which I don't know what that is. A third area of concern is over the lack of depth that Bill, that conversations at Billy Graham's crusades have. Some of the details are, only 2% of the people coming forward at the crusade have never been Christians and are actually giving their life to Christ for the first time, and 80% of these fall away. A great majority of people that come forward are sent to Catholic and extremely liberal Christian churches. Extremely few are sent to a solid Bible-believing church. In the Catholic Standard Times, Thursday, July 16th, 1992, page 10, the Catholic paper reported that 1900 Catholics responded to Billy Graham's call to make the decision for Christ at the Philadelphia crusade and referred to about 250 parishes. People that come forward are sent even to Jewish synagogues and new age churches. Converts are given the impression that Christ wants decisions for him rather than Christ wants disciples. The people attending the crusades are Almost all Christians, due to the high number of Christian counselors and high number of church people, which are always intentionally bust in. Frady exposes that in 1992, a writer of the Walt Meet Week did a major story for a magazine detailing how she had searched the entire week at Billy Graham's crusade for an unsafe person and failed to find a single non-Christian. There were a few, but she didn't find any. There were a few but so few she didn't find any william elite week october 1st 1992 most decisions at the crusades are for trivial things such as to stop smoking interestingly christians with discernment spoke about how hurting the churches were after billy graham's crusade here in portland they had been made wild promises of success and were fled fleeced of their money and given lukewarm spiritual boost. Their comments reminded me of this warning to Billy Graham clear back in the 1950s as to how he was running the harvest field, the harvest field. Part of Satan's planetary control is through the religious leaders. Christians have been conditioned to believe that Billy Graham is a great, great prophet of God by established media. 
who have told us for years that Billy Graham was the most respected man in America. The percentages that the percentages that the controlled media have reported for Billy Graham's popularity may have been inflated. There are several studies that show how the establishment uses polls dishonestly to manipulate thinking. The establishment media is able to create ideas so firmly within the mind of the public that it becomes almost impossible to deprogram people. What people see on TV becomes what you believe. The TV becomes real. What actually happens at the crusade is, is far different from what the media image. In Scotland, for instance, a poll was taken of the church membership one month before Billy Graham's Scotland crusade and two months after the crusade. Church members had actually declined substantially. So after spending millions of Christian dollars, Billy Graham had not even helped the church attendance in the Scottish churches. When Billy Graham holds his crusades, the churches in the area sponsor the crusade. In Poland, a nation 95% Catholic, the churches that sponsored his crusade in Warsaw were Catholic churches, and when the people went forward, they were sent to Catholic churches. Yet when the mass media report on crusades, it's made to sound like thousands of people became new Christians. Many devout Christians that have supported Billy Graham haven't thought through what is really going on at the crusades. They have been so caught up with the media image that they are not able to critically comprehend that the crusades really are major spiritual disasters. The book, The Four Counselors at Billy Graham's Crusade here at Portland, state that only Billy Graham was allowed to pro proleize that the crusade counselors were forbidden to proselyze, oh, to proselyze, to speak the gospel. Anyone at the time during the crusade or anyone would lose their crusade badge as a counselor. See these instructions in the Billy Graham Christian and Life Witness Course, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Billy Graham's Evangelist Association, page 47, instruction A6. But thousands of the Christians in Portland who became counselors for the 92 crusade never gave it a second thought that only Billy Graham was allowed to proselyze because they trusted Billy Graham. Many that could have gone on helping victims of mind control went towards superficial decisions for Christ. Money that could have gone doing some serious damage to the evil has gone for Madison Avenue hype and for big shows. On top of the large sums that are spent on Billy Graham crusades serve as a cover for network money laundering that go through Graham's crusades using a series of monarch slaves and a complex series of money drop-offs. A fourth area is concern over his methodology. A body language expert says that Billy Graham's talks are simply canned they are simply well-rehearsed canned body movements and not coming from the heart. His crusades use Madison Avenue sales techniques instead of traditional scriptural methods to get converts. Billy Graham's crusades always spend great sums of money for billboards promoting Billy Graham and bumper stickers promoting Billy Graham, and their end result is that Billy Graham's name is usually promoted millions of times more often than Jesus Christ. Christianity is consistently watered down and identified with the world and its ways, and a great deal of boasting is done about the number of decisions instead of the real meaningful discipleship. A fifth area of concern over Billy Graham's acceptance of communism. That's, that's sad. 
Although many people feel communism is dead, they're, they're not awake, this area is still relevant. If you think communism is dead, go live in North Korea where Billy Graham went in 1992 full of praises for North Korea. See Christianity Today, May 18th, 1992, page 55. By the way, Billy Graham's and family have sat on the board of Christianity Today and still control it. So it wouldn't mesquite him. Hmm. First, Billy Graham has repeated over in national, international mass media claim that there were no religious persecutions under communists. Well, we all know that's a lie because a two-year-old's in jail right now because her parents own the Bible. Billy Graham, and this is in 2023. Wow. Billy Graham has praised Tao, Mao Tao Stung principles Billy Graham has praised communist leaders on numerous occasions, died in the wool communists who have been the ones giving the orders to torture. Christians, for some reason, feel comfortable spending time talking to Billy Graham. The actual heritage and name of Billy Graham, there is a connection between the Marxist and the group of Satanists called the Frankist, F-R-A-N-K-I-S-T, one of the strongest satanic cults to take control over the Jewish population was called the Sabanatism. J-A-K-O-B Frank assumed the role and leader of this group. And afterward, this brand of Satanism was called Frankenism. Freud's sexuality obsessed theory came from Frankenism. Frank taught his followers to convert another religion and to hide behind that religion to practice their Satanism. One of their several books on the subject of Frankenism is The Contemporary Faces of Satanism by R-A-T-I-B-O-R-R-A-M-J-U-R-J-E-V-I-C-H. Billy Graham's family, when they originally came over to the station, were of the Frank family, which is related to Jacob Frank. After coming over to this nation, they changed their name to Graham, which is a Scottish name. All right, I just noticed that I'm almost at an hour and 40 minutes longest podcast to date and I still have a lot more to go on this so I'm going to finish this with this little part um and we're going to pick up where we left off next week um and we'll get to our part two of all of this Illuminati craziness um so I'm going to end this with this part right here it says uh, there have been a number of people in casual con conversation who have mentioned Billy Graham being a 33-degree Mason. For instance, a CIA leader, an NSA person who is against the New World Order, and various Masons. These accidental relevations are what can be considered casual evidence and what is accidentally heard. Some of the people who have read Fritz's Be Wise's Serpent book have been experienced validation of what is written on Billy Graham, by their own casual contacts with people. These types of encounters are very meaningful to the people who experience them, but their significance is hard to communicate to others. Hopefully readers of this who are truth seekers will have their own casual evidence validation experience. One piece of casual evidence came from a Shriner clown. It turns out the only clowns who ever were chosen to perform for Billy Graham's 1993 Portland Crusade were Shiner clowns. There were non-Masonic clowns. There were non-Masonic clowns available, even some Christian clowns, but the Masons were the only ones Graham allowed to perform for him. 
various people who have worked in the system for the Illuminati, such as ex-witches, who are now Christians, an ex-33 Mason, now a Christian, and a CFR person, now also a Christian, all testify that Billy Graham is a 33-degree Freemason. A woman and a man who are ex-Satanists and now Christians have also mentioned about Billy Graham's Masonic membership. One has to understand that there is a close working relationship between the Lodge and the Illuminati. The progress up the to progress up the ranks of Satanism, they will require you to go through Freemasonry. Freemasonry then teaches people about symbolic and the mystery religions. The lodges bring in the female monarch slaves for some of their Egyptian sexual magic rituals. If the reader were to get up in the morning and your mother, sister, and brother were in the kitchen and said that your mother had just drank a cup of coffee, would you be able to tell from their faces if they were telling the truth? And would you know that your mother had drank a cup of coffee? This was the way it is for us. We know these witnesses know the truth. We know they are not making it up. But if people don't believe that, then they need to scrounge up their own witnesses at risk at, and risk their own hiding in doing the contacting. The material we presented here is not frivolous work. As pearls of value, we hope that this research is not taken and allowed to become pearls given to swine. Because Billy Graham is such a key person for the Illuminati and the satanic plan to bring in the Antichrist and the one world religion. Key parts of Graham's life have been intentionally shrouded. When he joined the Masonic Lodge in 1948, they intentionally kept his membership more secret than others. Why? They are secret about their membership in general, but even more so if the person is a key Illuminati as big as key to their religious control. This is why they kept the membership of Charles T. Russell, founder of the Watchtower Society, quiet. This is why they kept the membership of the Mormon prophets secret. It has been a constant pattern of the Masonic Lodge to keep these key people's membership very quiet. It would be much easier if we had a membership certificate. But for some people who don't want to believe, no amount of evidence would suffice in terms of paper trail. We have the following. Billy Graham's books consistently refer to basic to basically only Masons. Um, I'm going to say one thing right here is I did find his name in a couple books. And I also noticed that when the people got called out, it was erased. And I have it screenshotted. And I have another recording from another Masonic book that I was able to find back when I, you know, back before they started scrubbing the internet so much. Um, it says he, Billy Graham endorsed the Masonic Del Moy program for use of God's work. This endorsement by Billy Graham is a Masonic book that is used to educate people about the craft. Jim Shaw, ex-33 Mason, the highest ranking Freemason to defect Christianity, writes about Billy Graham being at his 33 initiation ceremony. Hunting, Hunting House refused to print his book and co-authored with Tom McKinney unless they took out Billy Graham's name on page 104 and subsided a general description. See the deadly deception, page 104 and 105. Some Christians have tried everything in their mind to get around Jim Shaw's testimony and the Masonic Lodge are now claiming that he wasn't a 33 degree Freemason. There is no doubt that he was a 33 degree Mason. What we are seeing is how important it is to the Illuminati to keep Billy Graham's membership secret. 
If it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, what do you think it is? Long before I actually knew Billy Graham was a 33 degree Freemason, I felt that it was the most likely explanation for what I was learning of him. What caused me to think that way was everything about the man just shouted Freemason, the way he talks, who he has friends, etc. This article is not capable of going into depth about small nuances and details, but suffice to say that the Masons know how to broadcast to another Mason that they are a Mason. They do it in handshakes, guys. I'm going to show you book covers on the cover of this page. This, that's what I decided the page of this podcast would be is one of his book covers. Actually, I'll do the Time Magazine where they actually put the devil horns right behind his head. That's real cute. <sighs> but he always has the he always has the signs. He's doing it. He's definitely quacks like it. Once you get to know this stuff, and you have to let go of your idols. You know, we have so many idols as Christians, even, and that I don't think we realize. And like like they said in this article, they talk more about Billy Graham than Jesus Christ. When do you hear Jesus's name? No, we hear Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham. It's, no, it's Jesus. The crusade for Jesus, not Billy Graham's crusade. Jesus Christ's crusade. You know, we got to wake up as Christians. We really do. Um, it should be pointed out some of the key people for Billy Graham staff have been Freemasons. And then she's going to go into these few of these key people that we'll get into next week. But for now, let's end this with some prayer. I can't believe I did this podcast so long. I almost should break this one up to two, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave it this long old podcast. So here you go. Enjoy your two hours. And there's more to come. Father God, I thank you so much for being the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And you rule over everything. And as I've been waking up to the satanic Illuminati agenda that just has reaped into every aspect of our lives. I pray, Lord, that you wake each and every one of us up, Lord. I, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong as far as who's a false prophet and who's not, but you do, Lord. And I just pray that you expose every single false prophet that has been out here lying to us Christians that we believe and that we just look up to. And I pray that we start to just look up to you and who you say you are and what you are going to do, Lord. And I pray for any Christian that has fallen, including uh, people each and every day that just fall away because it's so hard sometimes to believe you're real and you're good and that you're there. Or maybe they've been treated badly by a preacher or someone that says they're a man of God. I pray, Lord, that we get rid of these religions and just fall to you and fall to our faces and just try to be individuals just that love you and worship you and talk about you. Oh, Lord, I just thank you so much for this life. And I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I know that I'm not perfect. And I'm not here to try to trash and bash Billy Graham, who many people think is one of the greatest preachers of the planet. I'm here to show his fruit that he left us and places he went and places his son goes. And Lord, I pray that they are the ones that change things because they can. They have the power to do so. And his legacy continues to live on. His son's still alive. I pray that he changes things for the good and not the bad. In Jesus' holy name, amen.